Are you ready to take your leadership in your organization to the next level and beyond? Your competitors will be there before you know it. Today's leaders must perpetually innovate their leadership approach, evolve their organizations, and grow faster than the competition. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet innovative leaders who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here is your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. Today we're focusing on building on a 100-year legacy and delivering groundbreaking approaches and results, the junior achievement story. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the CEO and founder of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders identify disruptive trends and develop strategies to transform themselves and their organizations into industry leaders. I'm a regular contributor to Forbes and the lead author on an award-winning book series focusing on on innovating how you lead and transforming your organization. I'm also a fellow with the International Leadership Association. I am delighted that on the show today are Mark James and Mike Davis. Mark James oversees business development for American Electric Power, an 11-state investor-owned electric utility. He oversees national accounts, economic development, strategic marketing, and associated business development subsidiaries. Mark serves as the vice chair for the Junior Achievement Achieve More effort, and he's also a board member. He's the vice chair for Appalachian Partnership for Economic Growth and is an associate dean for Economic Development Institute. Mike Davis has been the president of Junior Achievement of Central Ohio for nine years. He was recognized by Columbus CEO Magazine in 2011 as CEO of the Year for his sector. He works with business, education, and government, and community leaders to transform how we prepare young people for success in their careers and lives. So our theme recently has been disruption as we talk about the trends of disruption we're seeing in our communities. And JA, I wanted to highlight as a case study because of what they're doing. Uh, JA Junior Achievement is celebrating its 100-year anniversary this year. It's combined a proven track record of delivering powerful content with new groundbreaking approaches for delivery, including partnerships with business, educators, government, and the community to prepare young people for success in their lives and careers. So what is novel about that, in my view, is the extent of the cross-sector partnership. Many people are doing cross-sector partnership kind of light. This is extensive partnership. They serve as a case study for disruption. They're finding novel ways to solve education and workforce development challenges that face the community today and going forward. And as we talk about this, you'll hear from Mark and his role in the Chamber of Commerce and other across the United States involvement in community development. And then you'll hear more from Mike Davis talking about what JA is doing. And Mike's also worked across the U.S. in several different states focusing on improving our communities. So, Mark, let's talk about what challenges you see with employers getting the workforce they need. Sure, Maureen, and uh, thanks for having us. 
We spend a lot of our day working with companies who are considering making capital investment uh, decisions to either create new production facilities, headquarter locations, etc. And it is pretty commonly known that the number one challenge facing those leaders is workforce. Mm -hmm. And it's because of transitioning economy, it's because of full employment, depending how you measure it, mm -hmm. uh, it's because of wage growth, etc., that the number one challenge, as I say, is finding the right folks in the right places to do the right job for companies. And that's why, for me, Junior Achievement has become, it's a passion, not just mm -hmm. because of caring about and trying to give back a little bit uh, to the mm -hmm. community, but also because it's part of my job uh, to help companies find the right location. And every time I talk to them, Maureen, they're always asking, that's great, you have a nice location, you have a good business climate. Where are the people? Mm -hmm. Well, and because I work in the economic development space in some ways with our community, Dublin, Ohio, doing the IT leader program and, and several sure. other initiatives, and it is all about attracting the right people and growing the ones we have here and building on what we, a really strong foundation. Yeah, and Martin, we serve uh, some pretty rural areas, mm -hmm. and frankly, some areas that have, unlike Columbus, uh, been challenged mm -hmm. uh, recently with uh, the reduction in coal mining production, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, and frankly, in some of our facilities, uh, we've been closing a lot of facilities in a movement toward more renewable, sustainable mm -hmm. sort of generation sources. So these are places that I, I kind of use the term have been a bit kicked in the teeth. And mm -hmm. so anything we can do to support workforce development, it's not just, you know, when people think of it, they think of vocational training, which mm -hmm. is critically important. Uh, they think of second career uh, sorts of initiatives. What Junior Achievement does is, is start at the right age. The, mm -hmm. where most people much smarter about this than me tell us we have to start. We have to start in a foundational, uh, in, in teaching kids the business of life is in so many ways a workforce uh, initiative. Well, and it seems like in doing that, you're also teaching them to be much more change ready. Kids now coming up need to be a lot more change ready than you and I were. Wow, that's, that's so well. And and our, our beloved CEO, Mike, is always telling <laughs> us, you know, did you know what you were going to do when you were in you know, fifth grade? And I think back to it, I you know, that which I can remember, fifth grade. No. <laughs> um, and, and being flexible, you know, mm -hmm. teaching these, these skill, life skills not vocational skills, mm -hmm, per se, mm -hmm. uh, is so important in a changing economy. Well, and I, and I think the key is, the, to Mark and to your point, Maureen, is we have to start earlier. It's an and conversation. We need to work with people who are in the workforce where the positions are being transitioned and the skill sets need to be evolved. And then we also need to start earlier in elementary, middle, and high school to make sure that we teach kids not only the hard skills but the soft skills that many of us didn't get when we were in education. Mm -hmm. and, and educators do a great job with math and science and English and the key components. And it's not really fair for us to expect that educators also understand the workforce and employment and jobs that they've never been exposed to, they don't have experience in. And so our model in the way that we're evolving to be more groundbreaking is engaging educators along with business people to allow the current and future employers to be modeling the behavior. Again, the hard skills, the soft skills, how do you identify problems? How do you 
get the right team of people with different skill sets, mm-hmm. not just people like you, but people who have different skills and different mindsets and different uh, approaches than you do to come up with a better way. And that's really the piece uh, where our work's evolved at Junior Achievement. We traditionally implemented programs where we would go in and implement four or five or six 45-minute sessions. And they're, they again, they've been proven to be very successful over time. And we've had great success with them. And the key for us is that's not enough. Mm -hmm. We've been working with educators in schools, and now we're bringing the business community in to expose young people to career paths and roles that they just never knew existed, not to mention the potential roles and the potential jobs that that they're going to create positions and jobs and workforce Mm -hmm. and, and businesses that we can't even fathom today. You know, one of our top radio show right now is David White talking about if technology people need soft skills and that idea that many people got to where they got because they're technically brilliant or highly skilled anyway. And yet we haven't done what you're talking about, and that's teaching both the technical skills and excellence and the soft skills. How do I communicate difficult issues? How do I navigate conflict in a way that allows us to generate new ideas and possibilities rather than leaving a winner and a loser? Well, and, and that's that's what we hear from, again, educators and business people. When, when people look at the skills that young people are developing in school and through their education, that interpersonal skills, the accountability for schools is incredibly important. But what we hear from the business community and candidly also from educators are the current accountability measures are not what employers need. Mm-hmm. It's important but not sufficient. So math skills are important and reading skills are important, but so are interpersonal communication skills. So are being able to get along with each other. Mm-hmm. And those softer but equally critical skill sets are not what we track and measure on standardized tests. They're not what we do to hold our community accountable because it's also just not the educator's job to make this happen. Mm -hmm. We've got to engage more businesses and for us everything is a business. Faith, for-profit, not-for-profit, government. We've got to get all types of employers in front of our young people and let them see what success can be like in many, many different ways. Because we can't afford, as businesses, we've all dealt with, pardon the phrase, brilliant idiots, people who are really good at their job and really intelligent, but they bring the culture of an organization down because they don't foster how the organization thrives. They're self-absorbed and self-focused sometimes. And then on the other end of that spectrum, we have people that everybody loves who aren't productive and aren't successful in that regard. And so our focus is to make sure we build people that have strong talent with strong emotional intelligence and strong Mm -hmm. soft skills so that the teams can be more successful rather and just have an individualistic approach. Yeah, and I'd, I'd add to that. It's, uh, it's interesting. I think we all kind of felt in college we learned how to learn, right, mm-hmm. more than we learned a curriculum or a job mm-hmm. skill. This is that for younger folks, you know, fifth grade through mm-hmm. high school, where it, it's amazing the transformation that really takes place 
with respect to uh, these kids that go through this program. It's not just about economic literacy, though it is. Mm -hmm. It's not just about you know, kind of life skills, but it is. It's about a, a leap forward, a, a, a leg up, a, a jump start mm -hmm. uh, to doing whatever vocation they, they end up in. And, and, and we have data that says it, this works. This works better than about anything else mm -hmm. at, mm -hmm. at the, during those years. And this is more helpful than a lot of the things we see coming out of a lot of the traditional programs. So let's end this segment, Mike Davis, with a story. And the one I would love to hear is the young girl who did not take a leadership role, one in BizTown, and asked if she could come back in the summer. You bet. So there was a young woman in fifth grade, so an 11-year-old, um, who at the end of our fifth grade program, which is about six weeks where they're training and learning how to be part of a business as a CEO, a CFO, and specific other roles, and they apply for that job, and they interview, and they, they get placed in different positions in 18 businesses. Well, at the end of the day when the young people ran the community, this young woman came up to a staff person and said, do you have a summer camp? And our staff person said, yes. And she said, would you like to come to summer camp? And she said, yes, because next time I want, I want to be the CEO of our company. And the staff person said, oh, well, did you apply to be CEO this time? Because you can apply for the jobs you want. And the young woman said, no, I didn't apply to be CEO because I thought they'd just give the brains those jobs, the kids that make A's and B's. Uh, and I don't make great grades. And the staff said, well, why do you want to be the CEO now? And this young woman said, because I can do a better job as a CEO than our CEO did. She may make better grades than me, but she, doesn't, mm -hmm. she didn't listen to us as a team. She thought her ideas were much better than all of ours. And so other members of our team had better ideas than she did, but she wouldn't listen. And the two things that struck me about that were, number one, this young girl at 11 years old had self-selected that she could not lead mm -hmm. because she didn't make the best grades in the class. But in four and a half hours of actually running the community and running a business as they do that day, she realized she could do a better job. And so, again, the understanding of having kids, which all of our programs are very experiential. This is not just an intellectual exercise. This is how do you apply what you learn to your life. And this young woman, by applying what she learned in four and a half hours, realized that she could go lead things instead of just waiting for somebody else to lead her. So if we think about as listeners, back to who changed your career trajectory. This is one of those events that probably will change the career trajectory for this young woman and presumably other people on the team. And as we think about in our communities, and I realize our listeners are global, as is junior achievement, by the way, but as we think about in our communities, where are we investing to develop our young folks and workforce of the future, who, by by the way, we'll be supporting all of us as we age <laughs> from, a, so from a <laughs> paying for government services perspective. What are we doing to ensure that they have the development they need so that they are the workforce that will carry our communities forward successfully? We're going to go on break. You are with Mark James, Maureen Metcalf, Mike Davis, talking about how junior achievement is the case study for both the legacy of 100 years of success and and the innovation in disrupting their own models. 
when it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. We are talking about junior achievement, a case study for disruption. And the ancillary to that is junior achievement provides a brilliant solution for workforce development. So, Mark, during the break, you were talking about a story from when you were teaching at junior achievement. Yeah, right, Martin. It, it's really impactful. I mean, to have the opportunity to go into a classroom and and talk to kids about the business of life. And, you know, their perspectives are so part inspiring, part kind of troubling in a way that this wonderful young uh, woman uh, in the classroom I was in, uh, we were talking about the difference between credit and debit and, you know, and, and financial kind of responsibilities. And she raised her hand somewhat timidly and, and said, Mr. James, um, do you mean when my mother pulls out that piece of plastic when uh, we're going for school supply shopping that she has to – that's real money? She has to pay that back? And, I mean, with a genuine kind of almost a, a kind of a, a realization, you know, a moment for her when she went, oh, my goodness. I, you know, I was so casual. Mom, just 
pay with plastic? You know, but <laughs> it has a, had a real implication for, and it, just having that awareness, you know, at that age mm-hmm. uh, is, is wonderful. Well, because they build on that, right? Every Indeed. step of the way with that as the foundation. So can you give us some data about the impact junior achievements had? And then let's talk about some of the foundation and the the groundbreaking programs. Sure, sure. And, and Mike can certainly add to this. But we had been encouraging our national uh, partner and junior achievement in U.S. to get some longitudinal data around mm-hmm. the results, uh, really what does happen to these kids when they become adults mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. enter the workforce. And a couple of stats I can just quote. Career satisfaction is 88% uh, compared to 48% in the general population. Uh, they have 93% to graduate high school, 30% more likely to have a bachelor's degree, 67% more likely to have an advanced degree. And the, and the last one I'll state, and I'm sure Mike can chime in, one that really uh, impacts me because I, I have spent as part of my career self-employed, as you do, Mari. Mm-hmm. And the business ownership, 143% more likely to be involved in entrepreneurial activities. Where can you get that kind of achievement, no pun intended, mm-hmm. uh, from any programs that are out there in the, in the general education community? And a key thing to remember is our popula- our student population is slightly poorer than the general population. Uh, 52% of our kids get free and reduced lunch versus um, 51. But we're 6% more ethnic minority. So we're a little poorer, more ethnic minority students. But those statistics kind of show the impact of the communities. In addition to that, JA alumni earn 20% more income than the general population. So when you look at being poor, more minority students and earning 20% more income and those other pretty powerful statistics, I think there's not much of a doubt all these are statistically valid numbers that come from national research. It's a powerful thing to combine the analytical impact of the work with the anecdotal stories of the work. So you have these human interactions that we get the pleasure to have every day with young people and adults, but you also have the strong data. The other thing that we're really excited about as far as kind of on the leading edge of how are we groundbreaking, We had almost 4,000 volunteers locally last year and tens of thousands of volunteers across the country because businesses are now seeing their employees volunteering with junior achievement as a professional development mechanism for their team. They're learning to do public speaking more effectively. They're organizing presentations. They're thinking on their feet in front of an audience more effectively. So they get a twofer, as it were. Mm -hmm. They get the benefit of helping young people and exposing young people to different career paths. And concurrently, they get professional development for their own staff, for their own teams which is candidly something we didn't expect and didn't Mm -hmm. anticipate as we dramatically increase the volunteer engagement. But the employers are coming back to us, and we've had great retention for it with volunteers and candidly great expansion with the number of volunteers Mm -hmm. that we have in the community, which has allowed us to serve more young people. Well, and I assume this is also a team-building activity for teams that go out repeatedly and a great way to onboard new employees, especially since many of our 
our younger workforce participants want to do something that's meaningful. And this is a way to to give back to the community. It's done during business hours and demonstrates that our employers are committed to the success of the community, not just a profit. Right. And it's also a learn through teaching, candidly. I mean, our adult population you know, with all love and respect, we had to bail out the banks in, in our recent <laughs> history. So our country is not a pillar of financial literacy when you look at it on an individual level and sometimes on a community level. So we have a lot of benefit for the employees and the adults in our community by learning to be able to have these conversations. How do you have a conversation with a young person? And we hear a lot from the volunteers. We understand how to have different conversations with adults adults and kids because we're teaching your content. Uh, Maureen, I have a real honor of uh, leading a pretty diverse team at uh, American Electric Power at AEP. And so we just had a, a woman we, we brought in from the outside to help uh, with uh, some strategic marketing kinds of thing, great thinker, you know, and she asked, what can I get in, involved in? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of involved in this thing called junior achievement. And she thought of the birdhouse, mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah. the old kind of thinking of what junior achievement was about. And I introduced her to When the, we were kids. When we were kids, <laughs> yeah, doing this, you know, stuff. And so the more she got involved, how can I be actively engaged? So now mm-hmm. she's lead. She's on the uh, marketing committee and she's helping organize us better, Mm -hmm. AEP better, to be involved formally uh, other than just, you know, uh, myself and the little that I can do with uh, the group to be engaged. And you're so right. The team building that does for the the employees is you know benefiting it's it's a it's a give back but it's it's also an investment Mm -hmm. you know the other thing i think of as i listen to both of you is for anyone who's volunteering who is a parent of children this age it also teaches ways to have conversations with your own kids yeah and i'll I'll give you our our current chair tells the story of of having his his kid at uh, junior achievement biz town which is that immersive experience they get uh, so for our listeners many people don't know what biz town is can you explain mike do that yeah so the biz town is a four to six week program within the schools where junior achievement gives the educators the curriculum so early on the students get literally classified ads with each of the jobs Job descriptions for 18 businesses and those the students look at the profiles of each there are CEOs for each CFOs chief financial officers they're the DJ at the radio station the account rep there's the mayor and the attorney who works at City Hall there are all these different job roles well the students 80 to 125th graders in that school will identify which jobs they want then they apply for those jobs. They put together a resume. They interview. And they get put together a small group. So by the time they come to our facility for one day for four and a half hours, um, they've been working together as a team. So Mark may be the CEO. Maureen, you may be the CFO. I may be the account rep. So we've written radio ads. We've designed billboards. We know what our expenses are going to be. And these are fifth graders. These are 10 and 11-year-olds. Logistics. You even calculate the distance (laughs) and the cost of logistics. I was amazed at the specificity that you use 
Right. There are supply chains and delivery models. We deal with, you know, what are opportunity costs, complex things that often adults don't understand, that these fifth graders understand by applying what they're learning in real time, in real life. And so these biz towns, literally, we have one today and every day here in Columbus, the kids are running the world. It's a free market economy. And so it's an incredible experience. Yeah, it is really wonderful to see the, you know, to your point earlier, Maureen, the you know, volunteer parents typically mm-hmm. uh, kind of help. Um, mm-hmm, they're not mm-hmm. running things. The kids are running this stuff. And to your point on logistics, certainly understand it more than I, better than I do. <laughs> but, you know, our chair was, you know, board chair was uh, had his, uh, his son in there and afterwards uh, said, so, you know, how could we make junior achievement better? And for your listeners, imagine this, this space, physical space with real companies that sponsor these spaces, banks and pizza shops and all that. So how can we make this better? And the son replied, Dad, I don't know how you would make junior achievement any better than, you know, and it really mm-hmm. lit up our, who is now, our, let's mm-hmm. say, our, our board chair and, and really contributing to help others go through the program. And it, it also shows how the transformational points happen at all ages. This is why we start in kindergarten and go through, and work in for, with first grade kids on understanding the difference between wanting something and needing something and building those filters in your head. Because that transition happens all the way. We have high school programs now where we're partnering with on cybersecurity with higher ed institutions and employers and employment companies to take young people in high school and take junior achievement programs to learn soft skills and how things connect, but also taking higher education courses to get certification and credits at higher ed points, and then starting to work with employers in their shop, adding value to the businesses, so that by the time that high school student graduates high school, they can have a certification. They can have a two-year associate's degree. They can already be working with employers, which allows employers to pre-screen the employees to see if there's a good fit. It allows the young people to see if they'd like that career or like that employer. And it, it does. it's not a risk for the employer. They don't have to take that young person on yet. And it's a kind of how do you feel things out. We do this with athletics in our culture every day. We have kids doing peewee leagues and elementary, middle, and high school teams and travel leagues and college teams. And then they fit. They understand what roles they have. We're working with our employers, with our schools, with our kids and with their parents to say, let's give you young people that same progressive experience through elementary, middle, and high in college so that they can try the career paths they think. Because it's as important to learn what you don't like as what you do. And all too often, we as adults and we force on kids, we want them to think of life as a caricature instead of understanding the complexities of it and the sophistication of what skills they need, what values they have and what what interests they have in applying towards their career. 
so at this point, I want to talk about then how this is disruptive. So junior achievement that Mark pointed out for us as kids with building birdhouses and things like that is is now both running BizTown, so a simulation, and having taught MBAs doing simulations. Now, we did online versions, but I don't know that we dealt with the level of complexity that these kids are dealing with. It, for me, as a an adjunct faculty member in an MBA program was shocking that you could get people of fifth grade age to do the things that I was trying to get people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s to understand the interrelationships. And then your older programs, again, this idea that you've gone to the businesses in the community and said, where do we lack? What skills are most in demand? And what skills will be in demand five years from now? Not just today to fill an immediate gap, but where are we trending? So in Columbus, Ohio, we are trying to be the analytics capital or hypothetically anyway. So now you're growing young people with cyber skills, analytics skills, and they also have the soft skills. Because that's the other thing I hear in my work is as I interview companies about attracting and retaining talent, again, we're missing the soft skills. They come out of college and the companies are saying, we still have to teach them for another year before they can be fully productive. And you're delivering young people to the doorstep of businesses because the businesses have contributed that are already ready to be productive day one. Well, and a lot of what we hear from employers these days are it's not only the high-profile jobs that they need help with. All too often, it's the it's the less high-profile jobs that are mm-hmm. incredibly in demand. So we're working with a healthcare system who needs help with facilities and landscaping and groundskeeping. They can't get people to fill those jobs. Mm-hmm. We're working with a retailer around supply chain work and working in, in centers. We're working with organizations who have demands on jobs that aren't kids don't associate with that. So Mm -hmm. when you look at athletics or sports, people think it's just the athletes, but it's the 550 other people at the stadium or at the arena Mm -hmm. that they need help getting those jobs. So the cutting edge piece is is junior achievement. We're having to think differently. We're having to build systems and partner differently. And we're also asking that of our education partners and our business partners, because business hasn't traditionally viewed their job as looking downstream into middle school and elementary school and high school to get kids ready. But they need to do that because they need to help provide what's required to be successful in that work. Educators have been in a bucket somewhat saying, here's what you need to deliver, but they haven't been partnering with the business community and the service providers. And Mark sees this every day far more than I do on the employer side. But that building new muscle, that looking for each of us in different sectors to be disoriented enough to come up with a better way to do this because the current models we've had aren't sufficient to take us to where we need to go. So on that note, I love the idea of the disorientation, not that we're all wobbling around ready to topple over, but as leaders... This disruptive environment is a bit disorienting. And if we grab the main question as our North Star, which is how do we ensure we meet our mission, then how do we leverage organizations like Junior Achievement and others 
to help us accomplish those goals, we navigate the disorientation in a way that allows us to create novel approaches. So I encourage you during break to think about where is your organization looking for novel approaches? We'll be right back with Mike Davis and Mark James. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The Innovative Leadership Institute is your trusted partner to create perpetual innovation and evolution in your leadership and organization. Are you ready to innovate and evolve? Since its inception, the Innovative Leadership Institute has been dedicated to helping leaders evolve their leadership mindset and skills and create organizations that can continually innovate to achieve results in a highly competitive and rapidly changing environment. We help leaders, management teams, and organizations identify and create the capacity to update how they lead, identify, and implement transformative solutions necessary to meet their mission and create strategic advantage. The Innovative Leadership Institute offers proven results backed by leading-edge research and a global network of accomplished consultants and thought leaders. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Maureen and her associates are ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your goals. Move forward with the Innovative Leadership Institute. Visit InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com today. We all hear about information security, identity, and privacy threats. The more technology becomes part of our lives, with more data created to provide insights about our lives, the more concerned we need to be. That's why it's important to tune in to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. Host Rebecca Harold is an internationally recognized expert in these areas. Rebecca and her guests will let you know how to keep your business and personal data safe. Listen live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Innovative Leadership, co-creating our future. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at InnovativeLeadershipInstitute.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. You're listening to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. You're with Maureen Metcalf, Mike Davis, and Mark James. And we are talking about the case study of junior achievement, both building on the foundation and disrupting. So during break, Mark, you were talking about cities in the U.S. giving a bonus or a relocation fee. Can you talk about yeah, that? Sure, Maureen. Happy to. So in my part of the job I have is uh, business attraction, working to help grow the communities that we're, we have an honor to serve around our 11 U.S. Uh, states. And so oftentimes uh, places incent 
economic activity that they're interested in, whether they want certain types of companies to invest, mm-hmm. and so they'll provide a tax credit, etc. But as I mentioned in an earlier segment, workforce is the number one location criteria for companies. And so several communities have begun a trend of actually incenting workforce to relocate to their communities. It's much like there's an old sitcom, I can't remember the name of it, where a doc went up to Alaska because he, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. he got incented to be there for a few mm-hmm. years, fell in love with a place and a woman, I think, <laughs> et cetera. <laughs> but so places are doing that to incent workforce mm-hmm. to actually relocate to their communities. And, you know, I, when I read this article about it and, if, you know, companies have been asking about it, I think – what a missed opportunity because we're we're actually kind of economic gardening workforce mm-hmm. of the future through junior achievement. And I think a, a key piece of that in our community and I think in almost all communities around the country and candidly around the globe are that there are two, at least two communities in Columbus and Central Ohio we're doing remarkably well financially at the high end but our middle class is shrinking down and our poverty rates candidly have not changed since the Great Recession. We still have 400,000 people living in poverty in this region that is doing remarkably well when you look at the high-end economic numbers. And so the community leaders, our community leaders and many others are now focusing on both the prosperity of the entire community as well as the leading economic factors. And to Mark's point, if we can move the 400,000 people living in poverty to a point of self-sufficiency and success, the windfall that it would provide on not only on the human level, which would be amazing, but just on the tactical, the increased taxes for the city income, the reduction in health and human service cost for our region. In our county alone, our county's budget is $750 million to provide health and human services for people. And that's that's an incredibly important thing. We're not saying that should go away, but we can affect that more by giving, young, giving people living in poverty the capacity to be self-sufficient and more effectively manage their lives and their careers so that they can have more choices and more flexibility with their own lives. And that's really one of the key pieces is about how we're breaking new ground Mm -hmm. by asking our government partners, our business partners, ourselves and our education partners to think differently and together about what success is for young people, what success is for adults. So it sounds like you're breaking the cycle of poverty. Or, or contributing significantly to breaking the cycle of poverty. Right, and we're not egocentric enough to think that we can do that by ourselves, but our 4,000 mm-hmm. volunteers are coming from all the different sectors. Our hundreds of school districts, our hundreds of schools are doing that for mm-hmm. us. So it is an integrated way that hasn't existed before. And so our work with the uh, partners in Columbus Partnership and working with One Columbus, uh, working with the city and the county and the state, as well as hundreds of businesses and thousands of employees. This is the model that we need to drive in the public and private focus and the nonprofit sector, some are calling it the plural sector, of how do we drive that forward. We have to continue to build that muscle and continue to work together differently. 
Well, and by doing what you're doing, you are the case study that other communities can emulate. And that's, that's candidly why I was so excited about this conversation, coming out of the International Leadership Association Conference and listening to challenges around the world and some just shining stars of where companies and communities, and, and in one case, a country, are partnering to elevate people out of poverty is brilliant. And that idea that we, if we don't have social service money going to poverty, then what's possible in our communities? It's, uh, you know, you said it earlier, Maria, it, it is disruptive. We can't spend our way out of a mm-hmm. workforce uh, mm-hmm. issue. We've tried to spend our way out of lots mm-hmm. of issues here mm-hmm. in the U.S. And it has to be more grassroots, more touch people individually, more give them a path that they didn't currently mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. didn't see. You mean I can be that CEO as Mike talked to mm-hmm. us earlier mm-hmm. about? I can actually do that job. We've we've had CEOs who get lectured to by kids in Biztown saying, you know, you really should do this. You know. Why don't you tell that story? Because that's one of my favorite stories. Well, I, I will. Mike can uh, make sure it's accurate. But uh, the general gist is that uh, a woman who's a second-generation owner of a pizza chain got visited Biztown as the CEO and got lectured to by one of the the CEO that was the the uh, student who was playing the role about product offering and you know, with, <laughs> said, "We know you should do this." With all a very, you know, they, she was very genuine and sincere, and the, the mm-hmm. beauty of of it is that the the real that real uh, CEO took it in the spirit in which it's intended. You know, you you, mm-hmm. you really are doing this job. You're not just play acting, although mm-hmm. it's you know it's not 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 real. But in in sense to this child, she was, took her job very seriously. And you get mm-hmm. them to do that at that age. And as an employer, you know, we look at that sort of success and say these are the types of people we want Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. working with us. We'll teach them how to do Mm -hmm. whatever the job is, but to come at it from a perspective of, you know, have confidence in yourself, have the Mm -hmm. ability to think critically, have the ability Mm -hmm. to manage uh, financial resources, take Mm -hmm. those folks any day over over someone Mm -hmm. else. So I want to pivot at this moment to Hall of Fame. And so one of the things I try to do on our radio show is help teach or expose adults and leaders to people I think are pillars of success. So who are the leading thinkers in various different arenas? Can you talk a little bit about how you do that with Hall of Fame and acknowledging in our community who are the business leaders and why is this program so helpful for both the young people and the adults? You bet. So um, our Hall of Fame event each year is an opportunity to highlight both two business leaders who have made an incredible impact on the region, their businesses, and the community in which we live, Mm -hmm. as well as we highlight an educator of the year and a volunteer of the year to kind of reflect what's required as a Mm -hmm. whole to affect young people and adults in our region. Mm -hmm. So our Hall of Fame this year, if you're in the Columbus area, is November 21st. Um, And at that, we will recognize Jim Merck from Rockbridge Capital, who does financial services, predominantly and significantly funds hotel development around the U.S. and broadly. And Nick Akins, coincidentally, from who's the CEO of American Electric Power, AEP. And we highlight that 
them by bringing young people to the event to introduce them, to interview them, to speak with them. And we all know as adults, the kids steal the show because they're the ones that kind of talk about things and to Mark's point, ask questions that aren't expected. And they just have a light and an energy that is an amazing thing to see. And it is the intersection of the current leadership Mm -hmm. with the future leadership. And how do you bridge those two things and how do they learn from each other and the piece i'd add in additionally because it's many of the people i work with is mid-level leaders who have spent their entire career focusing on getting the job done and as we look at how do we become senior executives i look at someone like mark who's been on the chamber board he's been on junior achievement he's involved in academics he's involved in community development as part of the role he has as a senior executive. So this exposes our mid-level leaders to someone like a Nick Akins. They don't get to hang out with Nick, Um, (laughs) right? And they don't know what makes him tick. They don't know how he spends his time. For my mid-level folks who get to see someone like that and understand why connecting to the community is important, I think that's a, a key Message. Yeah, and, and Marina, absolutely. And for mid-level folks and for kind of new to the profession, uh, our CEO uh, is a wonderful leader, and he has a NICS uh, network that he engages relatively new but high potential Mm -hmm. younger in their career folks to talk to him about the things that he thinks about and Mm -hmm. they meet just like a board where he he talks Mm -hmm. about this these are the trends uh this is what we're faced with as Mm -hmm. a uh, as a utility as a company as a publicly traded company and are very genuinely engaged in the ongoings mm-hmm. of, of AEP. And so when I think of Hall of Fame, it's kind of a it's a it's a piece of that. It's an evening that, you know, these young people are getting up in front of, you know, a lot of us it's mm-hmm. not quite a black tie event, but it's a nice formal event. And uh, they're 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 running it, you know, and going around and talking to we have a student per table who's going on about this. Can you imagine for for mid level folks, the folks your your audience that you work with Mm -hmm. a lot, Uh, the opportunity not just to see up, if you Mm -hmm. will, organizationally, Mm -hmm. but to see foundational things going on Mm -hmm. in the community. It it gets them more engaged in a very real way because one of the things that we see when we do 360 job performance reviews, et cetera, the most engaged mid-level leaders are the most successful Mm -hmm. mid-level leaders. And that's one of the points I want people that are mid-level to hear is it is no longer sufficient to just do your work and I understand that you're doing your work you're raising kids you're trying to be a good spouse or partner you're trying to sleep and work out and all those things that we all try (laughs) to do and how we get it done is a topic for a different day but I think your point is critical I need to look up to where I'm trying to aspire for and I need to look down for those people coming behind me all the way down to kindergarten and think about what am I doing because the reality is they are going to be taking care of us as we age. This is, if nothing else, it's a very self-serving statement. As a mentor, um, you know, I had had a a lot of folks that uh, came before me in this role and I'll never forget a, a mentor of mine who said a very practical thing to me at one point said, you know, kid, you can't get promoted around here unless you you have someone to replace you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to think about it both directions, I think is critically important. 
Well, and it's, it's a key element of what we talk to kids about, too, and that one of the things we say often is there are very few career ladders anymore. There are a lot of jungle gyms. So it's not always easy to see a clear progression to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Young people get understand the lifestyle they want. They know what, how they want to live. They often don't understand the, what they need to know, how that gets them a job, what job pays them what to give them the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think both for kids and adults to understand you've got to do more than what's in the job description. You've got to be able to overachieve. You've got to be mm-hmm. curious. Curiosity is just an incredibly important component of don't just execute what you think you're supposed to do. Question why you're supposed to do it. Talk about how it can be done differently. Listen to people that are your constituents to find out what the pain points are. And that for us is the entrepreneurial way of thinking, whether your name's the top box of the org chart or whatever role you play in the organization, the key is to be curious to kind of push the envelope for yourself and for others in a constructive way and then understand how can you get better? How can your organization, how can your team? And those are the things that we're really trying to drive both for young people and adults as we move forward. Yeah, I'm very, uh, you know, just one of the things, Maureen, I, I appreciate you taking on this topic uh, because, as you hopefully can tell when it comes through to your audience, pretty passionate about this stuff, not just in a practical way, but I get way more out of giving to this program than, mm-hmm. you know, than I, you know, hopefully contribute to its success. Um, but I just encourage, you know, whether you think about it for workforce, think about it as entrepreneurship, think about it as disruptive. As we all said earlier, we can't spend our way out of this issue. We have to find novel ways of achieving. And junior achievement for me in this place, in this part of the country, is part of the very real solution. Thank you. So many communities across the world face workforce issues, not just a U.S. issue. Indeed, yeah. And by defining the correct match between the people who want to work and the employers who want to hire them, this idea of working together really helps solve some real problems. It, and it, it's workforce. It is It is clearly, and we've got a governor here in the state of Ohio who believes you need to start earlier. And junior achievement is about as early as you can start well and communities that do this junior achievement and other programs that link education through educators through community organizations through businesses that robust solution helps fill the poverty gap address the workforce deficiencies and creates more healthy communities for all of us to live in. So with that as the wrap, how would someone find out about Junior Achievement? You can go online to find Junior Achievement in your community by Googling a junior Achievement in the community you live in. It will take you to your local Junior Achievement, and we encourage you to get involved. This isn't just about a program. Uh, we had one of our volunteers say to me, the thing that knocked me out was I thought Junior Achievement would be a program. What it turned out to be is something that changed the way my kid thinks about life. And so they think about it with a more sophisticated lens than they did before. 
I would just echo that. So I'm proud of what we've done here with 30,000 young people served in the last fiscal year. Think about it across the country. Think about it mm-hmm. across the world. You're either helping bring them out of poverty, making them more successful uh, in their mm-hmm. whatever chosen path they have, and at the same time creating an opportunity for our mid-level folks to be involved in, in what goes on in our community. Thank you both so much. And to our listeners, thank you for joining in. I love to hear your feedback. Please connect in with me either on LinkedIn, Maureen Metcalf, or the Innovative Leadership Institute, or email me at info at innovateleader.com. I love your feedback, and we hope that you join us again soon. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll join us then and have a great week.